Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Men and Women Talk the Mars Venus Show. I am your host Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and this is episode number one hundred and fifty one. I am joined by my wonderful, beautiful, talented co-host, the one and only Shannon. How you doing, Shannon? I am good, all the way from Key West, Florida. How are you? Key West, Florida, where the ballers stay. Stop it. <laughs> Key West, Florida. So, you know, that's what we think of when we think of Key West. We think of I don't know why. opulence. We think of sunshine, uh, boat Do parties. It. We think of uh, older white people. <laughs> we think of oh yeah, oh, oh, and that is the place, best place to get rid of a body, is in the Keys, right? So the, that's where, that's where. Yeah, so because that's where all of the alligators are. Yes, no. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, I didn't know that Kedra is from Key West, so she's and I know she's a baller. So, so hey, that's what's up. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm having dog interference right now. Get down. <laughs> well, you know he can always be a part of the show if he needs to. Uh, no. Um. Um. Uh, a conch. She's a conch. So, conch. Uh, a conch or a conch? A conch. Okay. Uh, do a not conch. say conch, conch. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. A I, conch. Was about, I was about to ask. Like, I didn't quite understand. <laughs> I didn't quite understand that term. Uh, hey, I'm, <laughs> I needed help. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, well. I guess we'll get to that. But our guest tonight is she's a comedian, she's a voice actress, she's a podcaster as well. The one and only Dana Kill. I'm clapping for myself. Hey, I'm clapping for you too. Dana kills. Thank you, Shannon. I like that. Thank you, Kente, for that introduction. Yeah. So yeah. So Dana. Okay. So what we like to do when it's the first time people are on our show, we like to kind of do their origin story first. So where are you from originally? Woo. So it's always a story. I'm one of those. You know. Do you have that friend that is from five different places? Anyway, I'm that one. So. Uh-huh. Born in Huntsville, Alabama. Very proud. Uh, we were there until I was 12. Huntsville is a great, great, uh, like, incubator city in northern uh, Alabama, not too far from the Tennessee line. It's where the Space and Rocket Center is. It's where what's called Redstone Arsenal. A lot of Arsenal, a lot of early space uh, research and all the stuff, the, the unmanned stuff that went up, a lot of it came out of there. Uh, when we were 12, we had, a, we had to make a transition um, my mom, unfortunately, tra- uh, tra- transitioned very unexpectedly, and we moved. My dad moved us to New Orleans, Louisiana. So I have two homes, and um, went to high school there. And then, um, and I'm just kind of, I'm truly, truly a Southern girl. Um, people are like, are you? Are, I'm not necessarily a country girl because I'm from like cities, but very much Southern. Love the food. Huntsville is very different. Alabama is very different, but. Um, but there's still good food. If you know anything about the South, all throughout there. But it, but also, if you know anything about the South, then you know New Orleans is its own brand of the thing. Do you know? Yes, yes, it's its own brand of the thing. So went to high school there. Uh, spent a year in school there at Tulane, but uh, eventually graduated from my both of my parents' alma mater, Tuskegee. So after basically being in New Orleans. I decided to repurpose Alabama as home, went back to school uh, and went back to Tuskegee HBCU and finished up there. And then uh, took a lot of a lot, a lot of uh, alchemist type journey to get here to L.A. and to get to where I am today. So 
always wanted to be like an arts and media, but like any kid, I was an 80s kid born in the, we won't say what year, but I just mm-hmm. had, was in high school in the 80s, we'll put it like that. So we were coming to this great technological age at that time. Like we were still like the PC wasn't in home yet. And all we had, if you know anything about anything, I don't know how old my my friends are here, but if you know anything about a Commodore 64, like the keyboard that you could buy and you could attach to your TV. So we were coming through a great age in the the 80s. And so um, I was, it was all STEM before we had STEM. So I ended up graduating in math uh, from Tuskegee because I, and to this day, I still love math, but you know, whatever is on our heart to do and be, it's going to find its way. And so I always mm-hmm. loved, I had like an obsession. I think I have a past life in the Harlem Renaissance. I always mm. had an absolute obsession with Langston Hughes, County Cullen. My mother read poetry to my, I have a twin sister read to us. So I just always, whenever we would study literature anywhere, I'd be like, well, where are the black writers? Why do we have to always study Shakespeare? Like, why aren't we studying County Cullen? Why are we studying, you know, all this kind of stuff? And even at Tuskegee, I took as many, you know, off the beaten path classes outside of math and engineering in any type of arts class or participated. And then finally I graduated and I was like, what am I going to do now? So <laughs> one of those. So worked for the university, moved to Washington, D.C. to find myself. And then there was a blizzard in 1996. And I was like, mm, the Southern girl does not like blizzards. We're going to take it on to L.A. and we're going to see what we can do. And so I've been here and I have worked in the record business, worked in the music video business when there was a music video business, when there was a record business, as we once knew it, that, you know, where we sold CDs before we have this amazing, like, kind of roadshow that we have now. And um, all throughout that time, shot a couple of short films, kind of had a few things like itching on me to, to be in front of the camera, but just really didn't have the nerve and you know, this is an amazing town. There's Everybody's taking class and everybody's very serious. And I was just like, oh, I haven't had class. But all I can say is all roads eventually led to UCB last year, Upright Citizens Brigade, where I started studying. All roads led to this amazing open mic studio called Tao Comedy Studio, or Dow, sorry, Dow Comedy Studio, where Bobby Oliver says we embrace the pause in our comedy and um, and just these amazing things are happening. I've always been kind of a blogger writer. Like Kense mentioned, I jumped into when we had blog talk radio as well, it's still here, but when it was kind of the king of, of the space that we're now in, um, which is now a different, you know, it's a different, it's a different space too, did a radio show, but just always loved making people laugh and didn't know it. And then figured out that, oh, that's what I've been trying to do all along like make people laugh and now we're doing it on purpose and that's kind of how we got here and then voiceover was just i'll share something very personal if that's okay Mm -hmm. my mother like i said transition i was 11 years old i always thought she had the most amazing voice and as i grew up and i think as we grow a certain age depending on what you do with your voice you you know i don't say you lose octaves but you have to exercise them And I just always thought she had this amazing kind of lilt to her voice. And I always wanted to sound like her. And so I did, I think, I, you know, and I think for anybody who experienced my mother enough in life, I still do. But I believe I just became like wanting to have an avenue to get her voice out into the world and wanting to, to get her voice out into the world. And already, as you could tell, I love to talk. So all of it just came together. 
And so there was this desire for voiceover. So I just started pushing myself a couple, maybe two and a half years ago. I tried to get some classes, L.A., and and here we are blessed to, you know, be doing auditions and, you know, trying to make that break for it. That's, so that's awesome. the whole origin story. I would love to voice off voice over. That's totally dope. <laughs> well, let's talk about it offline, Shannon, because it's a it's a it's an open landscape. It's an open I landscape. just want to be the person who's like the answer machine lady. So <laughs> I want to be the answer machine lady. Girl, but people are out there looking for you. They're out there looking for you. That's right. Yes, yes. yes. I record people's answer machines like in in real life. Like my family will be like, "Can you do my message, please?" Oh, I'm that's like, dope. Oh, so amen. So you, so you right at the door. You got your, you got your foot wedged in the in the door right now. Then, amen. Yeah. I was scared one day when I called my aunt and I heard my own voice, and I was like, "Did you forget that you did her voicemail?" <laughs> Hilarious. Um. Okay. So. Let's talk about the comedy and we'll, we'll get into the other stuff as well is it's okay. A lot of us, we, we think we're funny, right? Right. Uh, we can crack grandma up. We can crack, you know, the people at our job, but mm -hmm. then going on stage is a whole different animal. How'd you know that you were not just a, a funny person with grandma and, you know, and your homies and stuff, but that you had something to, to give audiences on stage. That's a good question, Kente. Very good question. So the first, so I guess let's back up. The part of the origin story, because there's too many stories within the story within the story. So there was this uh, great moment of poetry. So when I talk about the time in D.C., what I was doing in D.C. was writing poetry. I got published and we were going to, and at that time, there was this movement that was a foot this was what uh mid to late 90s 95 96 so there was deaf poetry jam was actually i think had either come to tv and so all of us all of us i'm about to say girl but all of us can say shannon thought we were poets and here's the thing um i'm always careful so i just want to i'll say this um the bible says you know as we think so are we right and that's true whatever you believe you are henry ford says you know if you think you're you're right if you you're right so I had been performing poetry throughout my time in DC and there were, and it wasn't even that I was necessarily funny doing that, but the idea that I could sit in front of a room and say something that people would listen to and I wasn't the president, you know, was very cool. I had been pretty outspoken at Tuskegee, but it's different because when you're in school, those people are your friends. They're supposed to laugh or be captivated by you. But when we got to DC, um, and I was living there trying to figure things out. I was doing poetry. So, um, and then like, so there, and there were actually a couple of funny pieces, but that, so I got out here and somebody took me to a comedy open mic. And I'm just, I think I'm realizing now that I didn't even know that there was such a thing like that you could go, and this was 97. So that you could go and just give it a go. I figured, I think I thought that comedians just went from, like scratching on the ground to being Richard Pryor. Like I didn't, you know, and, and <laughs> I didn't really kind of process that there was this process. Right. And so I went to open mic and I was listening and I thought, well, I got stuff, you know, like, I mean, it, it, that wasn't a knock to anybody that was coming up because I was blessed. You guys, the host of the open mic at fifth street dicks, which does not exist anymore was Lonnie love. This was 20 years ago. Right. So she was the host. And, um, and there was a couple other people, and I just thought, well, if they're telling jokes about not 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 necessarily her, but some of the other folks that were coming up, I said, so this is about a thinking. So I gave it a try a couple times, 
and I, and it was, you know, and it was, it was very much at the beginning, but people laughed. And even I'll never forget, you know, Lonnie Love has a long, wonderful career. She'll never remember, but she was just like, I remember her introducing me one night and she said, and she's pretty good too. She's funny. And I thought, okay, you know, wow. and then I just kind of like, I don't know. Like I thought, well, I've come to LA to be a writer. This is just something I'm trying to fast forward, started doing Toastmasters. Um, anybody heard of Toastmasters? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So Toastmasters embedded in Toastmasters is public speaking and speaking competitions. And I ended up, I'll never forget this. We had a comp, a competition. So we had table topics, which I'm very good at speaking off the cuff, but the other category was humorous. In my heart, I was very interested in competing on this humorous side, but you had to prepare the speech. It was not an open mic. So you had to lay your thoughts out. You had to lay this whole thing out. And first time competing in humorous, you go and, and there it's tiered. So you do the area level, what they call the area, the division, and then you go to the district. I won at the area level, brought the house down, won at the division level, brought the house down. And they were just like, okay, breathe. It looks like you're not even breathing. Like it was, I couldn't believe that my thoughts on paper had translated into this thing. And then I didn't, you know, I didn't win at that final level because when you get to the final level, we're all funny. And then a couple of years later, same thing. Went in there. I did a, a, a very intentional piece called I'm Only Famous on Facebook. Because at the time, I was just like, like, I feel like I know everybody. Right. And then I was in the habit of like seeing like, okay, so don't laugh at me, y'all. I felt so connected to people on Facebook that when I would see them in public, I'd be like, hey, so-and-so. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Like, they, I mean, like, no clue who I was. But I just thought it was very funny that in my mind, I mean, I could laugh at myself. And I think in the end, that's probably the thing that if you can genuinely laugh at yourself, like outside of yourself, not just, but then it's funny. And I began to realize you're crazy. Like you think that these people in your heart of hearts, you honestly think that they are as into these internet connections as, as it appears. Like, you know, cause we, at that time, poking was popular. So we were poking each other on Facebook. So I thought, you know, and I just, I just thought that was just, and I just thought that was the funniest thing. And I thought, okay. And I still, even at that time, that was five years ago, I still didn't have the wherewithal in my mind to say, let's go back to open mic. It really just, you know, we all have those come to Jesus moments. And I started driving Lyft last year because of a come to Jesus moment. I found myself in a situation. So Lyft was where I had to turn. And just a series of nothing but divine appointments of talking to different writers about UCB and about scholarships and about, and then one day me and a girl, uh, Mel, uh, I don't want to say, oh, I forgot her name. I know her name on Instagram. She hopped in the car and we were just having this fun conversation. You know, you just said, and she literally said, have you thought about comedy? And I said, I'm thinking about it right now. And she's like, this is where you need to go go this place, this place. And I mean, she wrote it all out for me, told me what studios, what class, everything. And then I said, okay, God, I hear it. We're back. You know, we are, what is, what do they say at church? That God is married to the backslider. Well, so is comedy. Comedy is married to the backslider. I am the born again comedian. And that's, that's how we got back here. I love it. I love it. Uh, just as a side note is, is there, are they still poking on, on Facebook? Is that still a thing? It, there's still, it's not the same. It's in there, but it's kind of like your pokes pile up, and then all of a sudden you get a notification. It's like you got seventy five pokes, and then you open it, and like all these people have been poking you, and they poked you five times. 
So I don't know where, I don't know where the poke is anymore. Cause I, you know, the, you know, the platform right. has changed a gazillion times and it used to be somewhere where you could see, I have no idea, but you'll, I just get these random notifications. You have 50 pokes and I'll open it up and it's, and it's literally like 50 or 60 pokes in there. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, and I, I, I don't know. I never got what the poke was for. Is the poke like, Hey, how you doing? Is the poke like some kind of cheesy way it's to make? It's like the Pillsbury Doughboy. I don't want to be poked. Thank you. <laughs> I never got that. I remember, you guys know who Royal Watkins is. I remember mm-hmm, Royal Watkins was talking and he just said, he said, I don't want any dudes poking me. <laughs> right, right. Just, I, no other brothers. We can, whatever, but don't poke me. It is kind of weird. Me either, especially if you got a wife at home. I'm going to need you to keep your pokes to yourself. <laughs> oh, so. I, I, I just figured it was a hello, but then I did understand that it could be. I guess it could kind of, Shannon, like you said, kind of be inappropriate if, if somebody that's ain't got no business poking you, poking you. And sometimes I just wonder, like, why people be thinking, like, I'm like, how do you even think that's okay? Because you could easily just say hi. We just have gotten so socially unintuned with each other. Poke me again and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, it, for those who are listening in the chat room, put uh, if you think uh, getting a poke from someone who's taken uh, is uh, inappropriate, put a one in the chat room. Um, socially lazy, that's right. Um, okay, so... So uh, the the great thing about doing stand up, especially when it goes well, is very intoxicating, right? Right. And um, just to get you know to get that feedback from your audience and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I was wondering if you ever had any times that didn't go too well, where you know. Yeah. 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 So how so how you how'd you deal with that? So thank excuse me, thank goodness for open mics. Thank goodness for. There's the open mic that I go to, one of the, the, the main one that I go to, and she, I mentioned Dow Comedy Studio, big up to Bobby Oliver. She has on one night a week, it's all women. Mm-hmm. And it is the safest space on the planet. And when you're in there, if people don't laugh, like you just don't feel any kind of way. I think it's funny you asked this because I was also talking to another friend, um, Julia, who's a comedian, like... I used to think that if people didn't laugh, it meant you were not funny. But that's not what it means. That's, right. And so, so bombing, quote unquote, is just so very relative. All it is at the end of the day is the words you use, feedback. And sometimes like it's, when it doesn't go well, I just say, okay, let's just go back to the drawing board on it. Like, I, I mean, I haven't, I think, you know, maybe if I was, if this maybe the difference between who I am today and who I was 20 years ago, maybe would have been concerned about a night that I go up and I don't get any laughs. Like I went to an open mic. There's a uh, Asian woman. I can't think of her name. And I, I, I'm, I'm terrible. I hate to say Asian because that could be Japanese. It could be a lot of things. And I don't know what the sister is. I want to say Japanese. She has a spot called the Hollywood Comedy something. And it's right there on Melrose, just east of Kawanga. It's a very mm-hmm. small little room. And you and she's doing open mics, y'all. Just so you know, Shannon, when you're out here, she's doing like open mics around the clock. Like she starts at 11 in the morning. Oh, wow. And you could pay $5 for five minutes. And every hour on the hour, she's got it. You know, you can come in there and get slotted. So I went in that room and I was late for the hour that I was supposed to be there. When I say that one, and it was nothing but a room, I may have been the only African-American in the room, and I may have been the only woman in the room. 
um, there were a couple, there was a South Asian cat in there who I actually thought was very funny. He didn't laugh at nothing I had to say. Mm. And the other folks, you know, white cats, white dudes, you know, I'm, and I'm not afraid of anybody. And then the next hour, pretty much the same thing. And in that room, like I said, in doing two sets, because I just, I was, what's crazy is nobody laughed. And then I was like, let me give you five more dollars. I want to stay here for the next hour. I want to, I want to go up again. You know, and it wasn't because I was looking for a laugh, but you are just genuinely working out the material and you, we can honor that stuff just will land and it won't land. And I just didn't, most of the stuff that I was trying, like the first time, the first hour I was trying old stuff that I knew worked already. And the one person who got a teehee, because I also honor, this is what I was telling somebody, I went to an open mic that same week. I did like four or five open mics in a week, just tried to just see what I can do. I honored that there are so many people who are much younger than me and what they think is funny is different than what I think is funny. Mm -hmm. And I find humor in all of that, but you know, it's all, it's all a, it's a culture game. And when I say culture, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily mean color. I mean, age, I mean, sex, Mm -hmm. I mean, gender, I mean all of it. And so some things do like, I have a whole set that I do about the rules of postmate driving. I tell people, if you live on the fourth floor and down, come on down and get your food. Don't have me punching codes. Don't have me trying to ride an elevator up. If you are healthy, you are strong and you are not on chemo in your unit. Come on down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so jokes like that kind of work, but then, you know, I talk about like motherhood and I talk about, you know, certain things I went through. I've been blessed. That stuff has landed very well, because I always wonder, are people who don't have children, don't want children, going to connect? But it just, you if when you get to a place, and this is no matter what age you are, that you know in your heart you have something honest and genuine to say, you're just not faded by people not laughing. You just, it's feedback. And either I need to you know, raise it up a little more. And there's some great teachers out here. I Eventually, I will take class with Bobby Oliver, who runs the spot. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard of David Arnold. I hear mm-hmm. nothing but amazing things about the way that he teaches and his style and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a, I have a PhD from the University of Google. Anything that you want to find out about how to do something, you can get it offline and then you just go road test it yourself. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing a, a brain surgery on Friday. From, uh, uh, really, really. Yeah, so you know, that's uh, hey, what's up, Sam, <laughs> in the chat room. Uh, okay, so uh, you're not married, right? Nope. So the question I have is, uh, any guy you may be dating, does he should he fear that he may end up in your on stage, as far as material? He did. He did. <laughs> now he hasn't heard it, but he did. I tried. Now, now here, now, now we talk about a set that didn't do very well. Okay. okay. So this particular night, I had this week, that particular week I had seen, has anybody chat room or here seen this um, this great series on Netflix called Explained? Explained. Mm-hmm. And so on Explained, you guys should watch it. You've seen it, Shannon? No, but several people have recommended it. Explained is the ish, man, because they explain everything in 30 minutes from the racial wealth gap to billionaires to the female orgasm. Oh, wow. And I thought that the female orgasm episode was absolutely amazing because the stats were astounding. What it episode said, is that? So I can just um, give it. <laughs> it says the female is called the female orgasm. Explained. Literally. Okay. You Google it. And so the statistics were amazing because they go through the history of orgasms and they go through us. Anyway, so it, the, the, the statistic of, of women who had orgasms like 
through like regular like how do they say it was it was like somewhere in this 80 percent like basically if you're if you're if you're in a lesbian relationship that was more like the 90s Mm. Uh, regular heterosexual relationship was like 80 percent and less and then i and if you're bisexual that was a high number i remember so if basically male female heterosexual relationships had the lowest percentage of orgasms for women and so (laughs) so i was i was on stage and i was talking about how i was in i was in the percentage of women who had had an orgasm with my guy and um but i was trying to explain that i get like we listen to spotify or yeah, I think we listen to Spotify music playlist and there are times that we can be in the heat of the moment, but like whatever the song is, I get really like, it's hard for me. Like, so let's just say like, I can't help it by Michael Jackson from the off the wall. Again, I'm telling my age. One of my but favorite songs. But that yeah, it is. And so. You can't come to it though. Well, 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 so here's the thing. It's not that you, whether you can or cannot come to it. It's just, I am a music lover and people who know me intimately, they know how much I love music. I am moved to sing. So I'm in the, I'm there in the throes of the good stuff. Exactly. Trying not to do my karaoke. While- <laughs> but, but you can't help it. Thank you, Shannon, for your laugh. That didn't get much of a laugh. Like it was, you know, the water was tepid on that <laughs> I sing to everything. You could be talking about a sentence and I'll make a song to it. And people are like, is that all you do all day? Pretty much. You know, I I had a Facebook uh, thread once about what song, what artists, if their music came on, it would uh, kill the moment. And uh, it was some very interesting uh, <laughs> responses that came up. Wow! But a lot that of that could be uh, a wide range. And I'll say yeah. this: can say it's nothing ever per se kills the moment. I will shout my guy out. He's very, he's very good at what he does. So nothing ever <laughs> kills the moment per se. But I just, you know, like I love music. Like one time, we weren't all the way in, but and this is only for the jazz heads. You have to be a jazz head for real. So everybody knows who Miles Davis is. And if you really know Miles Davis, then you know that there was the first great quintet and the second great quintet. And so there's this song on Kind of Blue called All Blues. But the way that the first... Uh Uh-oh. I don't know why. The way that the first great quintet does it is different than the second grade. So second grade is is got Herbie Hancock. And they do it live from like the Fillmore East. And it's like, and I had never heard it before. And I was like dumbstruck. It's beautiful. It's throws of passion, but like, yeah, and I was just like, oh my God, what is that? But anyway, so I still have to say that it didn't really kill the mood, but it was just hearing that piece of music was just very exciting for me. It's a little over, more overwhelming than in the moment. Yes. I think if we had been in the middle of like an orgasm, maybe not, but we were just kind of, you know, that, 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 after, you know, that stuff, that foreplay is the word. I, I can't, all of a sudden I can't think of the word foreplay. Right. So we were kind of in the foreplay place. Oh, okay. Well, that's not bad. So, so do how do you say foreplay anymore? Do, do people even use that word? No, but I was going to interject when you was talking about percentages, you know, how you can get to a hundred percent every single time. Bob. How? By yourself? Yourself. Bob. Yeah. Uh, your, your homie Bob, huh? <laughs> do, it, no, do it yourself. I mean, these five hands. Five fingers right. work really well. Shannon, I want to know what you think after you see it. Because it's a really... And, and can say you too. Like, maybe I'll... If y'all do a follow-up or something, I want to know if y'all saw it. Okay. I definitely want to see it. I might have to do that for an episode. Right, right. 
That's for sure. I am here for this conversation, Real. especially since I'm new to the whole orgasm. Well, I'm not new anymore, but fairly new <laughs> to most people. She's she's new to the to the scene. I, I want to give a real real quick shout out to I see in the chat room Lala, D Maya Olaf. Uh, also on Facebook we have Ronald uh, Smith who just came in. Uh, Sam Teague Stephanie is here. Ashley as well. Um, William Lee's here. Uh, Kedra is here as well. Uh, Bobby I think I said Bobby already. Uh, Michelle and I know there's more people that are in but they haven't. Um, let their let everybody know that they're here. Just put one in the chat room so we can make sure we give y'all a shout out. Well, All, right. All right. So, um, th- okay. So now that's the thing too, right? Is the fear of some people have that fear of making they it do. to your making it into your set, whether it be a boyfriend or a cousin or whatever. But then you also get people who think you're talking about them but you're really not talking about them as well have you ever had that happen before not really like i have this running joke um let me like this this thing that i love to do because it just occurred to me one night and it's a lot of fun it's something that i pretty much you know do in different audiences but like one night i was just like anybody got that friend who like borrows stuff and like takes forever to give it back like oh my god like it's not even something significant but like they take forever like you be looking for your stuff and you don't want to like sweat them but they take forever to give it back and then they never quite give it back the same way they got it you know and i'm like does anybody have that friend and they were like yeah and i was like i'm that friend (laughs) 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 my favorite is the one who who uh borrow stuff and then when they finally give it back to you they give it back to you in a way like they're doing a favor to you like you know yeah it's like look look what i have for you and i'm like that's my shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah my neighbor is probably looking for her tape measure now it's it's me me. me. hilarious hilarious (laughs) so you mine most of your material from your own life um uh do you you know i guess one thing doing um Lyft or Postmates or or um, Uber, uh, you may get you, you get good material, right? Because you, oh, you meet all question. kind of different people and stuff. So when, when I've oh, done Lord. it, I definitely and had some good you, stuff. Oh my God. Like even Thursday, this brother, he barely got in the car because he said his hip was not acting right. Like they he had a walker, his friend put the walker in it took him, took me forever to drive around the parking lot and find him. Then as we ride down the freeway, he wants to talk about how targeted Corona is and how ever since uh, Trump taxed China that 12 billion, they leaders. I said, so you think they're giving out coronavirus like that? He's like, well, they we tax they we tax them 12 billion. And ever since, I said, listen, listen, sir, if I'm the leader of China and you tax me 12 billion and I'm giving out Corona, my people are not going to get it first. Let me just say that. <laughs> right. We get on down the freeway. This man, bless his heart, he gets, I don't know how he did it. He barely got in the car because of that hip. The next thing I know, I turn the corner, drop him off, and within seconds, he is out of my car peeing on the ground right in front of, oh, wow. we had, he had told me to turn the corner at a liquor store instead of taking him to the next destination. And I guess because he had to pee. But when I say to y'all, it took him a cool minute when I was loading him up to slide that little slip of the hip in. And he was one second, he was talking to me. I said, well, is there somebody to help you with your walker? I'm going to ask my friend. And before he could say, ask my friend, I, 
I'm sorry, I'm a woman of a certain age. I've heard people pee on the ground before. He's peeing, like dropping it like a racehorse. And we are right at the mouth of the liquor store, which means that anybody coming out of the liquor store, that's what they get. They get peed on. <laughs> so lots of that, lots of so lots of personal stuff like that. Just the fact that people, I had a brother, bless his heart, Oscar, two weeks ago, tried to get in the front seat, open the front door. And I was like, you're not going with me today? Not in that front, not in the front seat, you know? So there's just, <laughs> there's just a lot of little, you know, and big, uh, mm-hmm. When you get in there, just because it's people, I, I think this is my moment right now because it's what I do. But I've been a people watcher. Like Me if too. they if they paid money, uh, I would be rich. I love to just watch people. Because you know, even with the brother Thursday night, I was telling everybody I did a little comedy moment. I was just like, first of all, whatever you're going through, I can see it in your face. I watch people, so I know when you're dealing with addiction. I know when you're dealing with alcohol. I know when you're healthy. I also know that when you're carrying in black plastic plastic bags that they only give out at the at the gas station, the package store, the liquor store, or the beauty supply. And if you're not wearing bundles, that means that your black bag came from the alcohol, um, came from the liquor store or from the gas station. That's what I know. So it's just you know just mining mining the space of all of us. Like I said, who anybody got that friend who when you take them to the restaurant they want to substitute everything. They want to substitute more more jelly for peanut butter. They want to substitute you know pumpkin seeds for sesame seeds on a sesame seed bun. Who, and I was like, I'm that friend. Don't take me nowhere. <laughs> Don't take me nowhere. You know, and I have, you know, whatever. So I know, Shannon. So so it's just, there's just so much out there. You know what, though, Kente, I will, Kente, I'm sorry, I will say this. Um, one thing that I learned at UCB is when we, I was in a sketch class and we had to work with topical sketches. And so while I'm not necessarily a news watcher per se, you know, there is a lot of obvious, and we we all watch The Daily Show. We've all watched comment, you know, uh, comments all our lives, so they definitely all do topical. So that's been the area of growth for me to to get into topical, and um and I but I've had some fun because it doesn't take a lot. Like when that whole Gail King Snoop Dogg thing happened last month. I mean February. I was just like, you know, my my topical piece was that it's been a rough Black History Month. Check on your black friends. Uh, mm-hmm. Snoop has cussed uh, Gail clean out, called her all kind of, you know, and now, you know, and I just said, listen, I don't think Harriet Tubman freed us for this. I don't think she worked as hard as she did so that this is how we were conducting ourselves. You know, so just working with that, that topical space is my biggest area of growth because there's good stuff there no matter what level of news you take in. Right, right. And, you know, uh, of course, the uh, number 45, uh, the president, uh, he, you know, he gives a wealth of uh, material. I mean, he's like the comedian's dream, in a way. Yeah, he is. But you know, but he's not my dream. For that, that I have nothing. I'm sure that it will come to me, but I won't lie. I have not. That's something I've, I don't joke about. Not because it's not funny. One, because the people who really who are up at the top of their game, you know, Trevor Noah, they're doing that for us. You know, they're doing that. Um, I, to be honest, I'm, I have to admit, low key pretty frustrated with him i i probably am holding up a little wall and wouldn't know what to even how not to devolve into anger or frustration with you know with him and just you know i wouldn't even say disappointment because i don't i can't say that i had a high expectation in the first place if that's a joke but um you know <laughs> but um but you're right he is a wealth of that's funny you I said did. you're holding up a wall uh, it's funny you said you're holding up a wall uh, did the mexican government pay for it <laughs> there it is. 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 There it
They did. They paid for it. You know what's funny is I think they they're willing to put one up right now to keep us from going over there, exactly. spreading the, uh, the Rona. So right, who's the problem? Right. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, there. I think there's need for all kind of comedy, right? We need political, good political, everyday stuff that we all can relate to. You know, dating, uh, male, female, all of that stuff. It's it's definitely needed and you know like you find in your lane you know what you know you know what works for you you know so if you if you ever see a comedian uh because i used to go stay in comedy clubs all the time and you can kind of tell that a comedian is probably not working in the best lane for them and Mm. it's so cool though when you finally see them find their lane that that's amazing so do you feel like you've you found your lane or do you feel like you still have ways to go I certainly feel like I found a lane because a, a lane of just kind of, how do I say? I think, and it's so funny when you say lane, cause I was like, there's so many, but I do feel like I have found, I found what works, you know, like, and I just, I, cause I, because I think your lane, there we go with that thing again, as we think, so are we, there are certain things that just catch me as funny. They may not, that same thing to another comedian might not have occurred to them was even a joke. But for me, because I'm interfacing with it as a woman, a black woman, a black woman of a certain age, all these things. And I'm not necessarily so into age, but the way that I'm going to look at, like I have a a piece that I'm very proud of that I work with a bit on sativa and indica because I, I just visited my first dispensary top of the year. So I found that whole experience very funny because like I'm big on self-help and now that it's legal, I'm like, I'm okay. And my thing is for all of y'all whose friends are still giving you edibles and you don't know what's in them, don't take it. We got labels. It's legal. You don't have to not know what's in it. You know, so there's a whole set of things that at my age and my level of experience that I have to say about Indica and Sativa, but to the person who has smoked, you know, for a while, they probably wouldn't even, you know, these are not the kind of jokes, these are not the things that would occur to them. But I just, you know, but I had done my Google University research before I went to the dispensary so that I knew, you know, what I was, because we live in just a different world now. So I think that, you know, I grew up the nerdy kid. I grew up the kid who, you know, was, you know, kind of pretty considered smart or whatever. So I think that the way that I look at things and then bring it back to humor um, so that we can all, you know, I think that's kind of the lane for me, like this, this, you know, that, that sort of thing. Cause I just like the world is divided in two ways, Indica Sativa, you know, I'm team Indica, you know, and also, um, when the, we were in college, everybody was smoking, there weren't edibles, but I, I couldn't smoke. My friends was like, we not sharing with you. Cause you don't even know what you're doing. You like wasting <laughs> our good money. You wasting our weed. And it was true. Cause I just was, I wanted to be cool. So I sat there trying to puff, puff pass with no clue. I had not been a kid who smoked in high school so i thought this can't be too hard yeah it is if you don't know what you're doing (laughs) you know you know it's funny um i've never done any kind of drugs smoked uh, cigarettes or weed and um so this year i went to a dispensary um for the cbd oil and cbd stuff and uh it's so funny because being disconnected from that lifestyle uh i didn't realize how deep of knowledge you got to have. So, but it's so funny though, because, uh, when you go in there, uh, in a dispensary, especially, I don't know if you guys, um, I, I don't know if it's like that in Florida, but, um, uh, in the dispensary, there's always so 
people there, they're so kind and they're going to walk you through. They're going to, they're so gentle too. They'll give you all the information you need and all of that kind of stuff. And it was very definitely an, an, an education, um, on in there. And also as a comedian, I'm sure there's a lot of good humor that can come out of that. So <laughs> like, you know, being in there and the there people was, that you there's, meet, there's, and all a, of that. there's one can say, you sound like you may have gone to this one. It was called the bark. I went to this one called the bark collective. No. And I'll never forget, I picked up on a lift ride, this guy literally, I don't know what I, I won't say I did anything, but he said, do you know where you could get some da-da-da at this hour? And I was like, well, I said, well, I just recently went to the Bark Collective. He said, I saw that, but that looked like the Whole Foods of dispensary. <laughs> and I was like, and I was, and it, what was funny is like, and it is, it's, it's got a Whole Foods kind of vibe and everybody's very sunny. Like you said, they've got these beautiful like cherry wood floors and it's just like, you know, and it's, it's you know, uh, Shannon, you're not here, it's by the Beverly Center. So whatever. And I just talk about the difference between visiting uh, a dispensary north of Pico as opposed to a dispensary <laughs> south of Pico because there is a distinct difference. See, I haven't between... done the south of Pico, so. So, so then, yeah. So right. if you, like, even if there's one right by me or right here on Washington, and the, this is a slightly different vibe when you come further south. I'll I need to go there for the, I need to go there for the jokes. So that was something that I, I thought was very funny. And then, like, the girl, I'll never forget this, and it's in my, I have, I have it posted on Facebook. I, like I said, I'd done my research, so I was in my mind, I'm clear, and I'm still clear that I'm the indica type, and I'm saying indica on the low end, like indica CBD type, not indica uh, high type. So I was just like, well, sativa is da-da-da. So the girl steps over and she says, well, I have multiple personality disorder, and I'm a sativa type, and maybe you're a sativa type. I paused. I said, listen, I don't have multiple personalities. I have two. I have the woman that wants to succeed and the scary bitch trying to hold her back. And we just trying to get rid of that scary girl. That's the one we trying to get rid of. So I just, it's just two personalities over here, not multiple. But like, this is what, so this is what I'm experiencing in the dispensary. And I think that that's funny. Like, right. I think that is right, so right. funny. Right, right. You know, and so that's so, you know, that's right. what, and that's, and we take it to the stage. We take it straight to the stage. Cause I think, I think that other people are having an experience and we all want to connect. You know, and we and we look for one another, and I think that's the gift of comedy. We look for one another to be our eyes and our ears into things that maybe we haven't seen before, things that we haven't experienced before. Because I actually another woman who was doing open mic a couple months before talked about going to a dispensary, and at the time I hadn't even thought about going. But when I went in there and they started talking to me, and I had done my research. Even though that woman's jokes two months before honestly fell kind of flat, I totally understood why she brought it to the comedy stage. I totally understood it, and so I brought it. But I but I bring something different to the stage than she did. So I got quite a few laughs off of it. You know, I got a lot of love. We'll put it like that off of it. That's just, mm-hmm. that's what's up. Um, now, now you have a son who is uh, just about to go to college, right? Right, right. He's 17 mm-hmm. and we're struggling with this whole situation, man, because this imagine. is, you know, we've been college ready since kindergarten. So we've been talking class of 2020 since, you oh, know, wow. K-1. And wow. now we're here. And wow. this is, you know, what we've arrived to. Does he ever make it into your, your, your bits? You know what? No, not yet. Like, I'm very, it's funny. I think had I started this, even if I had started this five years ago, he probably, or when he was much younger, because again, there was this comedian trying to come out of me and I just didn't recognize it because 
I would always kind of post some of the escapades on Facebook. Just look, and it was again small child humor. I'll never forget holding him, and we came outside, and I didn't have an umbrella, and it was raining. And my baby said he was half sleeping. He said, "Why is God spitting on me?" <laughs> and so things like that that I don't know how well they would play on a larger stage. And now he's older, so it, the potency is not the same. I'll never forget we were we were going through a season of having a lot of car trouble trying to get out of here and go to work every day. And one morning he said to me, well, what kind of car does God drive? And I was like, you know, so just, so he hasn't yet. Um, he made it into, I did a, um, when I was doing another Toastmasters competition, they talked about, I don't even remember what the, what was a, what would they call table topics where they ask you a random question. It was parenting, I think is full of material. You just have to figure out what you want to say. Cause it's every, and all the comedians from Bill Cosby, sorry to say his name if it, if it offends anybody, but you know, I still think that, you know, he had these brilliant moments despite, you know, where he is today. So many comedians have done great things um, on the side of parenting, but I think the biggest lesson I always have in parenting is whatever I'm trying to teach, I have to be. And so I can be after him about these dishes, but if I'm not, dealing with the dishes quite right then he's not going you know like he's going to follow whatever's happening and i just always think that that's a that's a that's something i want to i want to talk about that space a little bit more that your children any of our children are doing as well as we're doing whatever you modeling whatever you see wrong then you have to look in the mirror before you start you know grabbing a belt you need to look take a look in the mirror and see how well you're doing with that same thing and if you can be honest with yourself you will know exactly you know why they're doing how they're doing but not, he hasn't yet. He hasn't yet. We'll figure it out. I want to give a shout out to uh, Patricia A. Murray and Gary, uh, who just came in as well. Um, okay, so now you're doing an open mic tonight. How's that work? Like uh, doing stand up to uh, no audience? Like how you know how do you how's that going to work? It's a brilliant question. Um, it here's what's funny is it works. Like I guess not. I guess I those I don't love those two words. It just does because one, the open mic, especially for the one that I'm at tonight, it's that women's mic. It's more of a study space. Now, all the laughs are there. If we and, and on the Zoom space, we can hear each other. So we're oh. laughing. Oh, so okay. it's not the audience isn't because we're not in the studio, admittedly, then where you have performers and you have audience members, you certainly get more laughs in that space. But in that Zoom space, you're getting some laughs. Now, this is what I will say to your point, because I do know what you're getting at. So not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before. So I guess almost two weeks ago, my neighbor had a, she had something and she put, let me come on and do open mic. So from Facebook live. Mm -hmm. So now it's like you said, like I'm not flanked in a zoom room by other folks. It's just me and my phone and we right here with it. And all I, you know, I, of course I had material that I knew worked. So because it, and I knew that it was broadcasting out, of course you, that's one thing you don't do. You don't try new material with a new audience. Right. At least I, at least I don't. And, you know, and I knew what worked and people are loving and generous for this space that we're in. So I saw them hitting the, um, the laughs, you know, the, the, the emoji laugh. So you could see that people were laughing. You couldn't hear it, but that's it. That goes back to, and I, I apologize for pointing. It goes back to the question you asked earlier about bombing, about material. You have to, trust that you have something to say and you have to trust that you're connecting and you have to just trust the material and you can do that whether you hear an audience or not if you know in your core that you are connecting with people 
nothing can can block that nothing you don't need to hear the are uh, the the laughter to know you can feel it yes oh, oh, oh and what's up to crystal johnson in the chat room and gary rahman says uh mm-hmm. Danya, uh dana my uh tuskegee sister the classmate i'm about to say yeah Gary, I know. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. we uh I've interviewed him before and uh, helped him out with some podcast stuff too. Great brother. Um he's writing books. He's got great stuff out there in the world. Great dude. We gotta get him back on. It's been a minute since he's been on. That he's a really good brother to talk to. Um and uh in Tuskegee. I've actually been to Tuskegee before, uh so many, many moons ago. So uh just big shout out to uh to those folks. Um okay, so uh, how how many minutes do you have? Uh, as far as uh, material, like, can, do you have an hour or thirty minutes? Um, or? I have not done. I've not built up to an hour. Let me see. So on the open mics, we have to do a type five. Sometimes we get six according to the numbers. This is what's funny. Funny you should ask. So when my neighbor who was hosting this thing two weeks ago said, "Okay," I said, "Well, how long do I have?" And she said, 15 minutes." Ooh, I got nervous because I was like, I certainly have three or four different sets of three or four different five minute sets. So obviously we can all do the math sewn together. The 15, 20 minutes is there. But when I tell you, I looked up and I had been talking for almost 30 minutes and I didn't know that I had been talking that long, you know, like, because I got a chance to expand, like there's jokes that I tell and you, you know, and when you're working with that type five, you literally, and it's the same with the Toastmasters certainly taught me this. You have, everything is timed in Toastmasters. And, and if you're competing in Toastmasters, there's penalty. Like, you can lose, you can be disqualified. So I certainly learned to respect time. Um, but I went for 30 minutes. And then I was attempting the story. And I actually was a little bit of a uh, workshop just now with you guys when I was talking about the guy peeing on the ground. I told that story yesterday. And it took me, like, 25 minutes to tell it. I was like, girl, you got to get that together. Because that is not... Like, it's not a 25-minute story. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. It is a good story, but it's not a 25-minute story. So you got to figure out what that was about. I mean, it was just me trying to get it out. And I'm gonna, when I go tonight, I'm going to try to work with it in the five and see what I can do to figure out where the, you know, what is the core. In uh, at UCB, where we study, where I study, they, you know, everything has game. Like, what is the core beat? Not really the game, but what's the core beat here? And then how do we keep it in this five-minute space? So I haven't done an hour yet i think i don't think that an hour will be hard to get to just because when you when you're telling uh, doing a five minute set you're having to shave a lot and even and and if you can expand some of that and not and when i say expand it still have potent beats not expand it to fluff it but still just bring out the potent beats um you you know i could probably get to an hour but it would be but i would definitely take a lot of time to make sure it's prepared because you don't want to my, if you guys have ever heard of um, Ali Sadiq, has anybody ever heard of Ali? Oh Sadiq? yeah, he's he, great. Yeah, he is. I feel like Mexicans got boots. Before, <laughs> yes, Mexican got boots and Mitchell and yeah. just everything. But Mexican boots is good stuff. Hilarious. And so sidebar, you got me thinking of two things. So Mexican got boots is an amazing piece because he has, you know, he entered the game uh, like almost what twenty years ago, maybe twenty years ago. And at the time that he began to do, you know, Apple Music and all these things came along. So he's been able to put together albums and get comedy albums out there. So he has an album that he put out in 2013 and the Mexican Got Boots story is on there. But you're hearing it in its nascent stage. Like the, the Mexican, it's still the same prison riot story, 
But what it elevated to on Comedy Central's "This Is Not Happening" is, you know, he, it's a, it's the same core story, but he's he's refined it. He's got the beats together, the whole nine. So I just say all that to say that I watch. He is someone that I watch a lot in these these modern times because he caught my ear by accident. But when I listened, I was like, I never heard of him until two years ago. And when I listened, I thought, okay, so we must be in the same generation because the stuff that he's talking about. Like, if you really listen to him, he's kind of got this deep level and not just the I was in prison part of things, just the, the nature of what he's talking about. And so I think it's just the same. It's just this idea that you you have a lot of stories to de- tell. How do you refine them? How do you expand them? And then making sure to when you're dealing with trying to get an owl, making sure that it's prepared, you know, and, and tight and all that kind of stuff. And just and you you because I would have never hearing him do Mexican guy boots last year or whenever I first heard it late 18 I would have never known that that bit was like seven years old like five years old right yeah yeah I didn't I thought that was just new for that show I didn't know that was something that he had been doing for a minute so he has if you are on Apple Music like all six of his comedy albums are there and he has one called Freedom of Speech from 2013 11 or 13 um, if I have it right, that's where that is, and you can hear it for the first time. If you, you can hear, it. And if you guys, uh, uh, his name is Ali Sadiq, and he was on this show called um, uh, Bring the Funny. No, no, no. I mean, um, oh, uh, with that asshole that that was hosting it at that time. Oh, right. Um, uh, 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 this is not happening. This is this not, not happening. happening. Right, right. Um, I won't even say his name. That guy, <laughs> that guy. Right. But um, yeah, it's very funny. Just look it up. Mexican got boots. You got on boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a great bit. Um, okay, so uh, we have about seven more minutes with you. Uh, what can we expect from you? Because I know you're in the podcasting realm. You're mm-hmm. all, well. You're getting back into it. I'm sorry. Right. And um, you you're also, <laughs> and you're also um, doing voice work. And uh, are you still doing film work as well? Not as much film work. It's funny you should ask. So Gary is on. We have a, a schoolmate. His name uh, was Terrence Barker. We call him T-Bark. Um, like, one of the things I'll say about my journey and my time in L.A. is it's been, and I've not read The Alchemist. Part of me never, I don't know, it's 6.54, so let me pay attention to the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I never read The Alchemist because I felt like I get so tired of people saying that you know, everything you went through was necessary. And no matter how long it takes you to get where you going, like you got to go. And that feels some kind of way when you just feel like, you know, am I young enough? Am I this enough? Well, I, I want to be more than, I don't want to be novelty. I want to be potent in the space. I want to be taken seriously. So that said, what's interesting is Comedy feels the most right of everything that I've done. I've been blessed to be good at or, or be in a space to, to, to propel and elevate and get better at things. But comedy, and, and to that extent, even the voiceover work, because I just love talking, as y'all can tell. Um, so please know that there is more comedy on the way. But I do want to do, I want to do, films and tv and movie but i'm i'm way more interested in that and this is I'm, this is actually probably kind of new for me to say 
I'm interested in that work from this perspective, from that of being a comedian, from that of being a comedic actress. Like I grew up loving Lucille Ball. I don't know that I'm that broad, right? I don't know if I'm that physical, but she's a hero. My favorite of all was probably Carol Burnett. Is, is, I'm sorry, she's not, she's still with us. So Carol Burnett, um, Mary Tyler Moore, Rhoda, Alice. Like I loved those sitcoms. I loved those women. I loved their work. Obviously we know that people were writing those shows, but their words could not have come to life better through those voice, you know what I'm saying, without those women and their work. So that's the that's the avenue. Like I'm still like a gut busting, like I loved soap, but I loved Benson more just because he was a man of color. Soap was very funny, but it just had a lot of moving parts. Cause it, you know, it was obviously parodying soap opera, so I didn't whatever, but I just loved I still love and want to go further as a comedian stand up. Sorry about that, you guys doing stand-up but i would love to be you know this may sound ambitious but i'll say i would love to be like Issa ray's older sister like this mm-hmm. you know like you know or something like i would love to be able to do something you know maybe even the the straight-laced nerdy older sister or something where she's the younger she's the baby and she was the favorite whatever it is but i would love to do something in that space i love the sketch comedy world i'm looking um i love astronomy club like i love uh, uh robin Thede's show i'm still I don't know if I'm brave enough yet to just straight do sketch. Sketch is no joke. Like you have to, that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in some sketch writing classes. So I love the idea of, of creating and developing that. But you definitely, I want to be like, I want to be what a Mary Tyler Moore was. Or I want to be what a Alice, Alice, Alice was, you know, kiss my grits. You know, that was, and that wasn't even Alice. That was the other woman that was, that was the blonde in there that was with her with the Southern accent. Right. So flow. prayerfully more of that. Yeah, huh? f- flow. Look, right, right, right. So I just want to be, I want to be from um, our lips and vibes to God. I want to be potent in the space. I want to be funny in the space. And I want to be more, way more than novelty in the space. Impotent. Yes. No, that's, that's great. Um, well, you know, um, I, you know, I'm a big fan of you and your, your work. And I'm looking forward to, uh, especially once we get out of quarantine, uh, what's going right. to be happening, you know, uh, uh, last year, I put on a um, with my friend Leah Brown uh, a comedy um, a comedy uh, event at the crib, and I'm looking to do that more. So um, hopefully, we can work together. You know, and, I, believe, uh, I trust it. I trust it. Uh, May 16th. Um, it will probably be on Zoom, but it's going to be open to the public. May 16th. I'll send it out. Um, I am booked at Dow for one of their monthly shows. Nice. And I know that they're uh, talking. They've sent us a thing that they're saying, would you guys be willing to do this on Zoom? Because I was booked like a month or two ago. So I do know my first book show may be in the Zoom space, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And maybe after uh, maybe after all of this, you can hit the road. <laughs> I would love it. Look, we're gonna want to hit the road so we can just get out of our homes, you know. Right. <laughs> so it might be fun just to to go and see see things other than my uh, driveway and my you know bedroom and my living room and the blender and the ice maker and the you know. Tell it. Feeling. Where we can switch, you can have my job, and then you can see more than that every single day. Yeah, I mean, I see. I go to the grocery store. Uh, I go to Lowe's. That's always fun. That's like a, that's like a treat when you get to go to Lowe's and you get to, uh, you know, go to the garden section. You know, that's like a big treat right now. So, amen. But um, okay. So how can we get you in social media and all this? Um. So I am Dana Keel here on Facebook. I am Dana Keel on Instagram, which is the main, the 
the most the I guess I'm trying to is there anything else? I'm Danny Kill on LinkedIn, but I don't think anybody's going over there for comedy. But for all the funny, Facebook and Instagram are it. And if you just know my name is it's just like that, Dana Keel. And on Instagram it's lowercase like that. D-A-N-N-A, two N's, y'all. I before E except after C. So um Dana Keel. Dana Keel. All right. And uh, Shannon, how can we get you in social media and all that stuff? Same old, same old. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Shannon Ford, like the president, hyphen Jefferson, like the president. Now, nice. <laughs> before I say mine, uh, just to let people know, uh, we will do an after show uh, at, uh, both on Facebook. We're going to let the um, thing go on Facebook and in here as well. So uh, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, you can get us at IndieRadio.org. That's IndyRadio.org. Tomorrow night here on Get Vocal, um, I will have both Logan and Angela from Fairly Random Psychic Show. Uh, and we're going to do a What's Good with Kente uh, show of that. So they're really great. Uh, they're two psychics and uh, we're going to talk some psychic stuff. So. Uh, that should be pretty cool. All right. Uh, with that said, you guys have a great rest of your week. God bless you and uh, peace. Peace. Love you guys. Thank you.